welcome. It's great to see you. Great to be back with you. If you've never got a chance to meet, if it's your first time here, new here, my name's Samer, uh, and I get to serve here at Woodstock City as our lead pastor. Um, got to serve as the director of living room for years and years and years, so I'd love to get to hang out here uh, with you guys. So it's great to see you. Um, today, kicking off a brand new series called Big Reputation. Uh, Big Reputation, where we are going to be wrestling over the next few weeks, and I'm so excited about some of the people that you're going to hear from over the course of this series. It's going to be so impactful, so awesome. Um, but throughout the course of the series, we're going to be unpacking um, what your reputation, why your reputation matters, and what it has to do with the reputation of the church. We're going to talk about what the reputation of Jesus was in the first century and what that means for us today. Big <clears throat> reputation. Um, and I just kind of want to start, right? Like, what, is, what are you known for? Because that's what a reputation is. What the thing that you're known for, um, what people think about when they think about you. And so what is your reputation personally? What are you known for? What do you think that you're known for? What do you, what do you hope that you're maybe known for? But what, what, are, you, what are you known for? And I, I, I want to have some fun with this in a second. Um, don't elbow anybody, um, but you can like self-select if any of this is true of you. Don't like sell anybody out. We're not doing that. This is like that's not nice, but if you want to self-select, you certainly can, okay? Maybe you're the late one, okay? Like, no matter where you are, it's 15 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Even if it's not. The GPS could be a red 47. You're like, yeah, 15 minutes. I'll be right there. Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> Maybe you're the messy one. Like, no sink, no car. Like, you could, it's safe. No room is safe. You could be on an episode of Hoarders kind of situation, okay? Like, you're just, you're, it's disgusting. Maybe you're the stingy one. Again, don't elbow, but you can self-select. I'll give you a hint. If you're asking people for a Venmo for a dollar or less, it's probably, I don't even think it can process 50 cents, okay? But that's probably, probably the always too extra one. Like everything is a big deal. Everything is, everything's hilarious. I'm getting some nods. Everything's dramatic. Everything's the craziest thing that you've ever heard. And you know what I mean? Um, maybe you're the overly competitive one. Like a game of Uno turns into a death match kind of situation. Like <laughs> friendships have been lost or tested. Has anyone ever broken up over? I, guess, I mean, it's like pretty intense. Okay, maybe hope, want, hope not. Jeez, bless you. Okay, uh, the can't keep a secret one is like you just know. I'm, I won't tell anybody and in their head except these seven people. But they won't tell anybody. You know what I mean? Um, they never text you back even when they have red receipts on one. You know what I mean? And I gotta be honest, I gotta be honest. I respect this person because they're just like, I'm living my life and I'll respond when I want to, I don't care. I, I respect this person, I really do, I really do. Um, is, it, is this anybody would be willing to be like, yeah, it's me, bro, what's up? Yeah, cool. I don't have red receipts on, I don't have that kind of courage, uh, but I'm not good at responding. Okay, uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, can't, this, can't say single for in three days one. It's like you're just every, every, you're just moving on. Don't elbow people. Raise your hand if you want. Don't elbow. Don't point. That's not nice. But you're just like, I'm just, you know, you're just, you get out of a relationship. This is not a dating series. One day, right? We'll get there. But you get out of a relationship and it's like, I'm just, I'm just going to take, I'm just going to take care of myself. Man. I'm just going to focus on me. You know, like I'm just going to my Hang on my boys. I'm just gonna just gonna spend time with my girls. And it's like three years later, oh my god, I met him. He is I have to, it would be irresponsible. Not, you know what I mean? Um, or <laughs> that doesn't ever help on a group project but gets the full credit one. Like maybe. Okay, that's that person in the back. <clears throat> so 
We can have some fun with it. I don't know which one you are, which one you're not. Every single one of us is probably one of those people at least. But he, here's the point. And, and here's what you know, because we can laugh about it, but here's what you know. You know this, that reputations matter. Reputations matter. Um, that, that reputations, reputations, and, and I'm gonna show you in just a second some wisdom in the scriptures, that's why this case, but, but you know this, that reputations, um, they basically give people they give people, um, and, and they, it's a barometer for how much somebody engages with you and how much somebody trusts you. It, 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 the reputations will essentially determine to some degree um, uh, how, how close people are willing to get to you. They're, they're, they're an indicator to, of, of how, whether they're willing to date you. They're an indicator of whether or not they can trust you. Reputations matter. In fact, they matter so much. This isn't even a faith thing. This is just a, a wisdom thing. In fact, when you open up um, the, the book of Proverbs, it's a, it's a book of the Bible and it's in the Old Testament. And even if you're not a person of faith, even if you're just like, I don't even know that I believe in the Bible, Proverbs is so helpful because it is just how life works. Like it's not, you don't even have to be a Jesus follower to understand. There's just a way that life works. And so Proverbs is full of just wisdom about how life works. And Solomon, he wrote this about a reputation. He said, a good name in other words, a reputation, that's kind of the same translation if you were to look up that word in the Hebrew. A good name is more desirable. A good reputation, a favorable reputation is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed, to be respected because of your character, to be esteemed um, is better than silver or gold, to be admired um, because of who you are. To have a good reputation, he would say, is more valuable than great riches. It is more valuable than silver or gold. What he's telling us, just wisdom, just wisdom, just wisdom. Your reputation is one of the most valuable things that you have control over. More valuable than your stuff. More valuable than how much money you make one day. More valuable than what you own or what we wear or what you can accumulate. That your reputation is more valuable. In other words, in other words, your reputation is a currency. This is so helpful. Your reputation is a currency. It's a, a currency, like a dollar. It's a medium of exchange. If you give a dollar to, I don't know, Chick-fil-A, if you give $13 to Chick-fil-A, you can get a small fry, right? Or Starbucks, whatever. I went to, I went to Starbucks yesterday. I got a pumpkin spice latte, sidebar. And I'm a pumpkin spice latte guy. I don't care what you think about me. I, yeah, I love them. I love them. I got a tall, because I'm trying to like, I'm trying to save money. It was six twenty-five. <laughs> And I was like, no, I'm sorry. I didn't get the Venti, I got us tall. And they're like, yeah, I know. I, the Venti was like $7, it's unbelievable, six, inflation. This is what inflation is, my friends. A, a, grand, a tall pumpkin spice latte costs $6.25. That is, but I loved it. <laughs> and I'm gonna go buy another one tomorrow. Okay, so. <laughs> But it's a mean, so you, you, you give money and you get something in return. Your reputation functions in the same way. It's a currency, okay? Your reputation, like a good one, a good reputation will open doors and a bad reputation will close them. A, a good reputation creates opportunity. A bad reputation destroys them. A good reputation increases your influence. You know this. A bad reputation decreases your influence. A good reputation builds trust with other people and a bad reputation 
destroys and erodes trust with people, with your friends, with the people that you do life with, with the people that you're, you know, if you're a part of some kind of organization or a fraternity or a sorority, the same thing at work, right? You know this. A good reputation and a bad reputation, it doesn't matter. It is a medium of exchange. And here's what I want you to, to get. You and I decide how much that currency is worth. You and I get to decide what that currency leads to. And you know this, right? Like nobody wants a, a bad reputation, okay? Because here's, here's what's true about bad reputations. They're like, they're, 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 they're pesky and they're clingy. And, and here's the thing about bad reputations, okay? Bad reputations, they're easy to make and they're difficult to shake. I don't know that rhymes, but it's true, okay? I made a rhyme on purpose. I was proud of that one. But bad reputations, come on, they're easy to make. It is so easy to get a bad reputation. In fact, you know this. It's easier to get a bad reputation than to build a good one. It takes a lot longer to build a good reputation than it does to, to, um, to build a bad one or to, to, to kind of fall into a bad one. They're easy to make, and they are difficult to shake because you, you, this, is, this is what's true, okay? Sometimes it only takes once. Like one interaction and it's like ruined. You could be having a, and it's not fair, but it's just true. You could be having a bad day and it's like done, right? Um, first impressions sometimes leave a lasting impression. You know this, you know this. Um, especially if you seniors, juniors, junior jobs and internships, you know this. First impressions can leave a lasting impression. And then here's, here's what you know. Reputations, they introduce you before you get a chance to introduce yourself. Reputations explain you before somebody has a chance to experience you. That's kind of terrifying. That's why when it's like, oh yeah, I t- I, I've heard about you, you're like, uh, good or bad? You know what I mean? Like, what have you heard? I hope, I hope g- good, you know? They're, e- they're bad, easy to make, but difficult to shake. And, and here's the other unfortunate thing, is bad reputations. They tend to speak louder and stick longer than good reputations. They just do. By nature, just like, you're just, you're always gonna remember, just think about it this way, forget about yourself for just a second. You're always gonna remember a really bad experience at a spot, at a restaurant, at a, you know, with a company or, you know, like customer service is a really big deal these days, you know what I mean? Like, and so when you have a bad customer service experience, it's why, I don't know, I, I don't know if I can get sued for this, um, but I was so glad when I didn't have to use Comcast Center anymore. It was one of the greatest moments of calling them to cancel brought me so much joy, I should talk about it with my counselor, okay? Like, there's, there's something wrong with me, you know what I mean? But come on, when you've had a bad customer service experience, like, it just kind of ruins it, and, and it takes a lot to change it. I, I literally told Comcast, I was like, <laughs> I'm so messed up. I said, I said, you could offer it to me for free and I would still say no. Okay, so, but you know this, they just, they, they, they stick longer and they speak louder than good reputations. It's why, it's why we're more likely if we had a bad experience to leave a bad review somewhere than we are if we had a great experience than we are to leave a good review. It's just, it's just the nature of how things work. So it's really important for us to know that because I want you to think about just for a few moments, um, and I know we joked at it earlier, but, but really just like think about it just for a moment, just kind of take a reputation inventory, if you will. Like what would people that you're close to, what would people that you're interacting with day in, and like what adjectives would they use to describe you? Right? I mean, just take personal inventory. Like, what qualities or habits would they associate with you? Or, or maybe it's what you hope that they would associate with you. Like, what would your roommate say it's like to live with you? 
Like, come on, when, when people talk, right? Friend groups talk, and one of the most dangerous things you do is, is, is date somebody in a friend group, because everybody's gonna know if you're a good boyfriend or, or bad girlfriend, okay? Um, so it's just, it's dangerous. But come on, like, what would the people that have dated you say about you? What would the people that, have, that you're no longer dating, what would they say about you? Like, when people hear, and, and I, I'm not trying to like be negative, I'm just gen, like genuine take inventory. Like when people hear that you're showing up somewhere, what emotion do they immediately feel? What do, you, what do you hope that they feel? When you leave a room, when you leave a room, when you leave the, the party, when you leave the hang, when you leave the apartment, whatever, like what are people thinking? What are the patterns of your life? What are you known for? It's important for a number of reasons, okay? We could talk it's important for your, for your future and for your, you wanna get a job and your, all this, okay? But I, I wanna paint a bigger picture for us today, okay? Why are we talking about this? Reputations, I care about your reputation, I want you to have a good one, but it's bigger than just you and it's bigger than just me. The reason why this matters, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. When you represent something bigger than you, your reputation's impact goes beyond you. When you represent something bigger than you, your reputation's impact goes beyond you. Again, again, you can bring this into the, into the regular world, right? It just takes one person or one server or one employee or one whatever to ruin the experience of the entire company, of the entire organization, of, 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 the, you know, of how people view whatever you know, business they're working with. It takes one person. When you represent something bigger than you, and even if you're not a person of faith, you can take this to the bank and this will help you in life. When your, reputation's, when you, when your reputation represents someone bigger than you, your reputation's impact goes beyond you. But let me just bring it into to, to where, I'm, where we're gonna go with this series, okay? If you are a follower of Jesus, you automatically represent somebody bigger than you. In fact, in fact, don't point fingers at us, okay? We're not perfect. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you were just like, amen. That's why I don't like y'all, okay? Come on, like, if you are a follower of Jesus, your reputation matters because the reputation of Jesus matters. If you are a follower of Jesus, your reputation, my reputation matters because the reputation of the church matters. In fact, there was a, a Gallup study. Gallup is this organization that um, they do research kind of in, 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 uh, along the lines of like religion in America. And so they're always putting out all these stats. And Gallup did this study. Um, and here's what they found. This is crazy. They found that right now, right now, and actually this study was done like a couple of years ago. So it, I don't know, probably worse. That only 30, excuse me, that was the Philly cheesesteak. Okay, that <laughs> only, it's good though, I'm all right. Okay, it was only 36%, this is what they found. Only 36% of Americans have any kind of trust in organized religion. That means 64% of Americans have little to no trust in any kind of organized religion. And now, that wasn't just Christianity, that was any kind of organized religion. But that 64% of people in America that do not trust organized religion, they're gonna lump Christianity and the church right there with everybody else. And this 36%, it is at an all-time low. The church has a reputation problem. The value 
of the church's currency as it relates to its reputation has never been lower. In fact, if you're being honest, some of you would say it's a miracle you're sitting in church right now because the reputation of the church and the way that it's treated you, the reputation of the church as you've just kind of sat back and seen from a distance is not a good one. Come on. For those on the outside, and again, maybe for some of you in here today, and I'm so glad that you are here, the church has a reputation for all the wrong things. Exclusive, judgmental, manipulative, dishonest, legalistic, self-righteous, hurtful, ignorant. Just, come on, especially... If you walk around any college campus, this isn't a surprise. Here's the frustrating part. And yeah, I'm a, it's my job to care about this, right? I'm a professional Christian. But like, what's so heartbreaking about this, and come on, you get this, what's so heartbreaking about this is that with Jesus in the first century, it was the complete opposite literally the complete opposite, that when you follow Jesus in the gospels, those on the outside could not get enough of Jesus. That those on the outside of faith, the outsiders, the ones that were kind of shunned by the religious people, they loved Jesus. They liked him. And guess what? Jesus liked them back. Like, Jesus had an incredible reputation with those on the outside and he had a terrible reputation with the religious leaders of the day and he was so uninterested in what they thought. Because he came on a mission. He came on a mission for those on the outside. And so we find ourselves in a moment of history where what is true of Jesus in the gospels is the exact opposite of where we find ourselves in this cultural moment. And the reason why we have to talk about this is because Jesus is alive, he resurrected, and he's back up at the right hand of the Father. But his earthly ministry walking around has ended. Like Jesus is not about to pull up on Chick-fil-A night and triple it for us. You know what I'm saying? Like That'd be dope. His earthly ministry is over. And in the midst of his earthly ministry, he looked at his followers and he said, you are are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. People will look at you and make assumptions and determinations about who I am. So if you're a follower of Jesus, this is our problem. So the question that I'm so passionate about, a question that I wrestle with, a question that makes me so excited to get to be leading a church right now is this, is how can we, how can we begin to repair the reputation of the local church? Now, how can we rep- repair the reputation of the church? How can we repair the reputation of Jesus? Because he doesn't deserve it. He's awesome. We're just not great all the time. And this is where you and I come in, because you know this, a building can't be exclusive A building can't be judgmental. A building can't be manipulative. A building can't be ignorant. A building can't be dishonest or self-righteous. But people can. We can. And the people that make up the church can. And 
I'm not saying you have, but unfortunately, and I'll be honest, I'm biased. Our church is awesome. We're not perfect, but we're awesome, okay? But, but by and large, the church in America, the people that make up the church, they have done just that. So over the next couple weeks, I want to have an honest conversation about what it looks like to repair the reputation of the local church. And yeah, the world, but forget the world for a second. Like right here in Kennesaw, at KSU, at Reinhardt, for some of you within your family, some of you have family members, you've got parents, you've got a dad, you've got a brother, they're uninterested in faith because of the reputation of the church. And here's, here's the, 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 the place that I find hope. It, it's a, the thing that gets us in trouble, but it's the place where we have room to grow and where I have hope. Every day, people are making assumptions about Jesus based on the way that we live. Every day, people are making assumptions about the church. They're making assumptions about Christianity. They're making assumptions about the living room and about Woodstock City based on the way that we live, based on the way, even more specifically, the way that we treat them. And while that's a challenging truth, it's our greatest opportunity, and I'm so hopeful. I'll never forget, I was, me and Julie, it was like, I don't know, it was my second, second, our second year married, we were um, I just started, I just started living. This is my first job in ministry back in 2015. We're still down at Kennesaw State meeting and Julie and I were up in the Woodstock area and so I've been here for a couple of years and um, we were in Publix and um, just whenever you're backing up out of a parking spot, you should look, but, but whatever. So we're, we're driving through the, the parking lot of Publix. We're shopping is a pleasure and um, it really is. It's, it's incredible. Uh, but we're, we're driving through the parking lot and somebody I guess they didn't back up cam, whatever. Uh, my Corolla doesn't either, so I can't judge. But um, my little blue Corolla does not have a backup cam, barely has a radio. But um, my kid's power wheel has more features than my Corolla, but whatever. I'm not kidding, it has Bluetooth, mine doesn't. Okay, so um, we're, we're driving through the parking lot and a car decides to back up without looking. And part of my Middle Eastern culture is we honk before we press the brake, and so I, decide to, I'm about to, to just lay on the horn. Was it that big of a deal? No, but I'm like, who's gonna teach him if I don't? Do you know what I mean? And so I go to honk the horn and then I, I see on the back of this car, one of our Woodstock City decals. <laughs> and, I, and I like, I didn't honk. And Julie looks over at me and she's like, glad you didn't, but that was interesting. Uh, she's like, why didn't you honk? I said, well, babe, I, I saw the sticker and what if they, you know, they see me on stage and this is like weird. And yeah, you know, I, don't know, I just want to, you know, whatever. And she said the most annoyingly convicting thing ever. She said, you should be more concerned if they didn't go to our church already. Her point being, they're probably already in. They're probably fine. You should be worried about somebody on the outside not wanting to show up because they saw you. And I was like, shut up. Um, I'm just kidding. I I did not say that. Ever, for the record, okay? I love my wife so much, and I don't want her to hurt me. So um, here's the point. Here's the point. Here's the point. Reputations matter in general. But if you are a person, a follower of Jesus, our reputation really matters because we represent somebody bigger. 
and you're not here on accident, you're not here on, 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 you're here on purpose, and we have been invited into the mission, and with the wrong reputation, it's going to stunt the mission. So Proverbs chapter 22, he tells us about the value of a good reputation, but then earlier in Proverbs, um, Solomon basically tells us, hey, so let me just kind of give you what you should be known for, and, and, and I love this. Again, here's what I love about this. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, it's hard to disagree with what Solomon is about to say, okay? So he says this earlier in Proverbs chapter three. He says, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to let love and faithfulness never leave you. I want you to bind them around your neck. And my bad, typo, not back. That's on me, I made these slides. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. In other words, I want them to just... I want them to literally be a part of who you are. These two virtues, love and faithfulness, like I want you to wear it like it's an accessory. I want you to write it on the tablet of your heart so it becomes part of the DNA of who you are with every fiber of your being. I want you to exude love and faithfulness. And, and, and this language is helpful. Love says this. Love says, I put you before me. And faithfulness says it's the same idea as dependable, trustworthy. You can count on me. Love says, you before me, your needs before me. And faithfulness says, you can count on me. You can depend on me. In all of your conversations, Solomon says, in all of your relationships, and wherever you work and whoever you work with, in the way that you date, with every interaction that you have, even with perfect strangers, let love and faithfulness lead the way. Bind them around your neck. Like I've, phone, wallet, keys. I struggle to, to, to have all of those in one spot. So every time I leave the house, it was like phone, wallet, keys, phone, wallet, keys, phone, wallet, keys. Same thing. Don't leave the house without love or faithfulness. Don't leave your dorm. Don't leave the apartment. Don't step on a campus. Don't walk into work. Don't go on it. Never leave the house without them. Love. I put you before me. I don't need to spell out examples. You've got examples every single day where that can be true for you. Come on, it's putting other people first. It's putting the needs of other people first. And, and, and yes, physical needs, but also emotional needs. It means that you defer to people in your life. It means you let other people celebrate without you raining on the parade. It means you're not trying to one-up people. It means that when you're dating, it's not all about what's in it for me. It's not about your desires. Those aren't primary. It means looking for opportunities to leverage who you are for the sake of somebody else. It means slowing down long enough to help somebody that needs help. Like literally the word kindness it's a very weak word in our English language. It's like when you don't have anything else to say to somebody, you just kind of be like, oh yeah, they were, they were kind. It's such a great word though. You don't know what I mean though, right? Okay, but kindness, it literally means to leverage your capacity for the sake of somebody else. That's why when somebody does something for you that they didn't have to, it was a kind thing because they leveraged their capacity, their strength, their influence, their time to help you. It means being considerate of other people. And, and this, is, this is where it can get uncomfortable, especially as it relates to the reputation. It means building relationships with people that you downright disagree with. Come on, for you Christians in the room, there might be people in the room that you're just like, man, they, 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 they've wronged me, 
They've hurt me, they've hurt somebody that I hurt, so I'm gonna withhold forgiveness. But for some of you, it's, it's bumping into people that have a different theology. It's bumping into people that are doing things, saying things, and living in a way that you're just like, I don't agree with that, I don't, I don't think that's right. And love is saying, hey, I'm gonna see you as a human for whom Jesus died before I see anything else in you. I'm going to make the way for relationship. I'm going to choose to love. I'm gonna choose to extend. I'm gonna choose to see you. Faithfulness, trustworthiness, dependable. This is like, this is, this is you showing up for people. Like one day, like I don't know how, I don't remember this being a thing in college. I mean, I know you have to move, but eventually one day when y'all get older and it's like you're, you're, like you're moving homes and you're moving your family, you're gonna know who your real friends are when they show up to help you move or not. Do you know what I mean? And maybe like, maybe you know that now. Like, yeah, they're my friend. They came to me in boxes my other not friends, uh, made excuses, right? Come on, but it's the people that show up for you. Like it's the people that aren't too busy to give you their time. You know you can count on them. Be that kind of person. Be the kind of person when you say yes, it's a yes. Like be the kind of person that no matter how busy you are, be the kind of person that no matter um, how heavy the burden is that somebody is carrying, you're going to jump in and help them carry that burden. Like, no matter how tragic, come on, isn't it so true that whenever we have people go through really difficult things, it's so almost, it, it feels a little bit uncomfortable because we don't know what to say, we don't know what to do, and so in some ways, we just kind of avoid until they reach out to us. Being a dependable, faithful person saying, I'm just gonna go sit with you because you need somebody there, and I'm not gonna feel the pressure to say anything, I just want you to know that I'm here. You can count on me. I'm gonna show up for you. Solomon says, be those people. Be the people whose life is a beacon of you before me and you can count on me. You before me and you can count on me. And then Solomon says, and when that is true of you, when you bind that around your neck and write that on the tablet of your heart, then he says, then you will win favor and a good name it's the same Hebrew word in chapter, in, in chapter 22. You will win favor and you will earn a good reputation in the sight of God and man. Obviously, with people, come on. When those things become true of who you are, you begin building a good reputation with all people. What does it mean to build a good reputation with, with God? Let me be very clear. It doesn't mean that we've gotta earn our right standing with God. However, Jesus is very clear in the gospels. You can't claim to love God if you fail to love people. Love for God is inextricably linked to love for people. In fact, John, the apostle John wrote that if you claim to love God and fail to love your brother, you're a liar. So what, what Solomon is saying is, hey, listen, God has made clear and plain to us our love for him is almost um, verified in the way that we love other people. So, how do we begin to repair the reputation of the local church? And you might be like, I've never done any of the damage. That's okay. I don't think I have either. Maybe I don't think I have either. But guess what? It's still our job to repair it. So how do we begin to repair the reputation? How do we begin to repair the reputation the faith, here's how. One person at a time. 
one interaction at a time, one relationship at a time, showing love and faithfulness every time, one person at a time, one interaction at a time, one relationship at a time, showing love and faithfulness every time. This is, this, uh, say it one more time. One person at a time, one interaction at a time, one relationship at a time, showing love and faithfulness every time. And this is, this is so important, okay? I want, you, I want you to write this down. Repetition creates reputation. Repetition creates reputation. That's how reputation is built. The same thing. Oh, come on. Oh, they always. Oh, they never. They always, they never. Let's be on the right side of that repetition so as to create and build the right reputation in the name of Jesus. So literally, let the soundtrack of your life be love and faithfulness. Like, let your life be on repeat. You before me, you can depend on me because we have no idea what hangs in the balance. We have no idea what is on the other side of any interaction. We have no idea what is on the other side of the way that we come across the people. We have no idea what is on the other side of the reputation that we are building. And I'm just telling you, when we get this repetition right, when we get this right, I'm just telling you, people will be more drawn to Jesus. Like when they see a follower, live it, show it. You before me and you can count on me. Showing up when they least expect it. I'm just telling you. Kindness out of nowhere. Creating space for relationship even when there's disagreement. I'm just telling you. Forgiving instead of perpetuating a cancel culture that our world is obsessed with. I'm just, I'm just telling you. That's when people will begin to be drawn to the Jesus that we follow, that you sing to, that you have relationship with. There will be something so compelling. There will be something so different about this group of Christians. That go to the living room, have this thing at Woodstock City. I'm just telling you, you're gonna make the world better. We're gonna make the world better when we get this right. This was a couple of years ago. We had, uh, yeah, this was, uh, nah, two, yeah, 2021. Um, we had two interns, they've since graduated, and they were down at Kennesaw. Any, any freshmen in the room that we met at orientation? Did y'all see us down at orientation? Anybody? Yeah, you might have some, okay. So it's a big thing that we do, right? Every summer, our teams are down at orientation. Um, and this was back in, we had, we had an intern named Thad. Um, Thad, if you hear this, I love you. Uh, and he was down at the TLR table on campus, and somebody came, he, he texted this. Somebody, a student, a freshman came up to him. Or I don't know if it was a freshman or student, but they went to Kennesaw State. And they came up to him and th this is what they said. They said, hey, I want you guys to know, this is to the living room table. I want you guys to know that y'all are the nicest, most genuine and kindest Christians on campus. This is not a comparison game. But that means there were other Christians that they did not get that from. And they said, I am a pagan. I don't fully know what they meant by that. But here's what I do know they meant by that. They're not trying to follow Jesus, okay? Like they're uninterested in Jesus. That is for sure. I am a pagan. But I love this. Repetition. 
I'm, I'm not, you can't make, I can make this up. I didn't make this up. Okay, repetition. But every time, every time, every time I've seen y'all on campus, I have always, I have always had the sweetest and most loving conversations. Just want to thank you guys for being awesome. That is the opportunity before us. This is why your reputation matters. And I don't know what happened with that person's story, but I do know that there was more opportunity there for interest in Jesus than there was ever before. Why? Not because somebody quoted Bible at her, not even because somebody invited her to the living room, which I hope you invite your, your friends to the living room, but even that the outside of anything and everything, in the everyday interactions, Every time and always, it was the most loving and sweetest conversations, taking genuine interest and care in somebody else. This can be you. This was a group of two or three people on campus. Could you imagine if every single one just decided, this is who I'm gonna be. This is the reputation that I'm gonna build. And not because I need to be seen as a certain way, not because there needs to be something special about me, but because the God that I represent is up to something here. Because the God that I represent wants to move here and he's called me to be a part of it. So, if repetition creates reputation, let's get the repetition right. Love and faithfulness. You before me, you can count on me. You before me, you can count on me. How do we begin to repair the reputation of the church? And I can't wait to dig into this even more in the coming weeks. One person at a time, one interaction at a time, one relationship at a time, showing love and faithfulness every time. That's what we're gonna be about here. So let's make sure we go show it out there. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for, thank you for the heart of Jesus. And, and thank you that, thank you that Jesus is better than us. Because man, without him, we would not have much hope. But thank you that his love is endless. And thank you that he can be fully dependent on. May you give us the courage to take honest inventory about what repetition we're perpetuating, about what reputation we're building. And may you give us the foresight and the wisdom and the passion to build one up for the sake of the gospel in the name of Jesus. And may you use these group of students right here, starting right here in this moment to begin to shift and change and repair the reputation of the church and of your heart for the world and the people that they come in contact with every single day. I'm so excited to be on this journey with them. May you give us the courage to do something with what we've just heard. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.